0: Happy New Year, church. Hey, that's a pretty nice uh, start to the New Year here, worshiping together, huh? God doing cool stuff. Hey, uh, uh, two uh, quick uh, announcement type things before we uh, jump on into the message. First thing is, uh, if you did not get a chance to view the Christmas Day online uh, little service that we put together, we encourage you to go check it out. I think it'll be a blessing to you. It's an opportunity where uh, you just hear from your pastors here at the church and some just sharing some devotional thoughts, some uh, sending a prayer, sending a blessing, sending a greeting your way. Uh, So you can check that out on YouTube. Uh, definitely wor- worth you seeing. And I uh, also want to say a big thank you to everybody who helped out uh, with our wonderful Waffle Gonza last night. <laughs> amen. Amen. Thanks for all those that brought food and those that were serving and cooking and all the cleanup. Just appreciate everybody being there and being a blessing. So amen. All right. Well, hey, let's get into the message here uh, this morning. <clears throat> and Lord... Lord, we just uh, pray that you would have your way, uh, that you would speak to us, each of us individually. Uh, You know right where we are and where you're taking us. Uh, So Lord, our ear is turned toward you. Uh, Have your way in us. And Lord, we know that means that you'll have your way through us. Uh, And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, so we're talking about living on purpose. Uh, And and I I want to encourage you on the front end of the message, we're going to be looking out bringing before the Lord this whole next calendar year. So uh, let's just kind of get that picture that we're taking 2023 and we're kind of laying it at the altar before the Lord, asking God to come and move and work and lead us in uh, what he wants to do in this next year. Uh, Now, a little bit of a framework around this. Coming into last year, uh, the pastors, we really felt that uh, the Lord was dialing us in on a couple of key words as far as the church moving forward in 2022. Uh, And that was uh, to rebuild and to reset. Uh, we know we came out of a couple of years with all the COVID stuff and lockdowns and all that different stuff. Uh, and with the um, moving into 2023, although it was a slow move on the front end, if you remember, there was, you know, a lot of people dealing with illness and things even right at, at the front end of last year. So it was kind of like a, a slow move into life, the, becoming whatever the new normal for life looked like. Uh, but we really felt as though the Lord was saying, uh, listen to him, pay attention to what he said so that things can be um, reset uh, the way He wants them to be reset. Uh, When when you have a time of uh, kind of, uh, you you know, where certain things are put down, where there's a a season of stillness or things put on the back burner, when the opportunity comes to, uh, I'll use this picture, fill the plate back up, uh, we want to make sure just not any old thing comes along and fills the plate up. Amen? We want to make sure it's God things, you know? Even good things, if they're not the God things, are the wrong things, you know? And so we want it to be very purposeful. There were some new things, and and you probably heard uh, in services during offering time and in sermons and stuff, I've been talking about some neat new uh, outreaches and ministries that that God uh, brought into being during this last year. We also had other ministries that were anchor ministries that got back online and that was a part of the uh, the rebuild over this last year. And by the time we were getting to the summer, into the fall, and then even just getting into these last several weeks, my own heart, I was just so blessed and encouraged by all the Lord did over this last year. And you know, he did it through all of you, you know, it was it was us, us as a family just, uh, just being obedient to what God was asking us to do and there was some wonderful ministry that happened happened. So now with that as a background, moving into this next calendar year, uh, I, I really feel as though a an overarching word for this year, certainly not the only thing God is saying or will say, but I think an overarching word for us in this next year is live on purpose. Now that's that's really a statement that we could say, well, all the time we're supposed to live on purpose, right? I mean, we're we're supposed to, you know, be doing the right things and and paying attention to that kind of stuff, you know? But in the Bible, we read about time uh, in in two different... uh, Two different aspects. Uh, One, we read about chronos, which is clock time, calendar time, that's hours and days and and weeks and months. And then there's uh, what's called kairos, and that's that's like God moments, God seasons. How many know like it's important to do right things, but it's also important to do those things at the right time? And, and uh, this year, uh, I really believe, is a year where we want to be very vigilant. We want to be uh, very diligent in making sure we're doing the right things and that we know what the right things are. Can you say amen? And and so, uh, there there are some exciting things the Lord spoke about us corporately together as a church family, also said that was for us individually. The message this morning, I I want you to um, pull back for a moment because God will fill in the corporate, all of us together side of it. I want you to pull back from that and as you hear this this morning, I want you to be thinking about your own personal unique life. So we going to talk about living on purpose, and I want you to be listening for what the Lord is saying to you about living on purpose going into this next year. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we got kids, uh, students that are here. Uh, it's gr- it great for everybody across all age ranges for us to be, uh, at, you know, looking at this this picture of, you know, what is God saying? What does it look like uh, to live on purpose? So uh, we, we talk often that we've got these notes, you know, for fill-ins, and we kind of jokingly say there's something that love the fill-ins that they just live for fill-ins and others could take it or leave it. But I want you to, um, I would encourage you, put it this way, uh, to use this as kind of a worksheet this morning because I'm going to walk you through thinking about some some ways God can talk to you uh, that can springboard so you can completely customize what God is saying to you for this next year. And have you ever had this happen? I know I have. I've had where God has said several things to me like during worship time. And by the time two o'clock rolls around, I'm like, I forgot two of those things that the Lord said. That is not good. I, I want to remember what the Lord said. I want to act on what the Lord said. So I'm just saying with these note sheets, if, if the Lord prompts something or, or makes something kind of shout out to you, uh, acknowledge that. Because my prayer is that what we talk about this morning, that you'll take and reflect with the Lord over the next couple of weeks. Because after all, we're, we're bringing before Him our whole next year. Amen? Amen? All right. So with that being said, um, Psalm 33 verse 11 says, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. So right off the bat, let's acknowledge God has plans and God has purposes. And, and they're sure things that they will stand. Uh, they go through all the different generations. Uh, Let's look at uh, Philippians 3, verses uh, 12 to 14, kind of like our response to that perspective about God having plans and purposes. Paul says here, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, But I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. How many remember we heard that this morning, right? How many know when the Lord says something a couple of times, we want to be like, Lord, I'm all ears. I'm listening to what you're saying, right? Uh, I, I forget what's behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So there's purposes that God has, there's purposes for our lives. So, so f- first, what we want to do this morning, let's talk about some, some aspects of purpose. Let, let's, let's nail some things down. and just because sometimes as pastors we can geek out, and it's really fun when everything all starts with the same letters, I want to give you purpose points to ponder. Let's see if you can say that five times fast. Purpose points to ponder. Purpose points to ponder that are going to set the stage, and then from there, I want to talk about how can we hear God individually, personally, on what He might be saying for this next year. All right, purpose point to ponder number one, we should be living on purpose. Thank you, Pastor Jim. Thank you, Captain Obvious, right? Already got that out of what you said already. But we need to lay this out and make that an establishment because unfortunately, the enemy knows that far better for our lives than sometimes we recognize for our lives, that we should be living on purpose. And uh, let's talk about a couple aspects of this. What, What might that look like to try to live on purpose? Again, if you're taking notes, you can follow along. Well, the Bible says to examine yourself. Right? So that's one thing. We want to live a life where we're examining, where we're we're reflecting. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Uh, Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So there is this picture of we are to, you, you know, examine and reflect on our lives. We're also told in the Word to count the cost of following Him. Right, we're, we're, you know, we begin this, this incredible adventure, this journey to walk through life with God as our captain, Jesus sitting on the throne of our hearts, and then doing this journey of life together with him as he unfolds his purposes for our life. And, and he doesn't tell us to do it haphazardly, he tells us to count the cost. Uh, Luke 14, 28 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? And Jesus is talking about this on count the cost of being a disciple. You know, so so the best that we can understand, the best we know how, we want to be able to say, all right, Lord, here's what you've called me to. Uh, I'm living a, a life of examining my life before you, and I'm counting the cost of what you called me to do. You know, it's interesting, the disciples, before Jesus rose from the dead, they they didn't get their mind and their heart around what Jesus was doing, that he had to go to the cross. Even when he flat out told them he had to go to the cross. And so what happens when, you you know, uh, everything shakes loose and Jesus is arrested, you, you know, the disciples all bolt, they all flee. But once he's raised from the dead... You know, and he strengthens them and he encourages them, right? He tells them, you know, basically that they've got their commission. They're going to go and preach the gospel to all the world. And, and, and now we have these disciples that are running and fleeing. You know, Peter is denying he even knows God, uh, Jesus, uh, to a, a servant girl, right? And that moves to, you, you know, all the disciples, uh, with the exception of, of John, all paid the ultimate cost for following Jesus, they gave their lives. They surrendered their lives. Now that they had the picture, it wasn't uh, Jesus is going to kick Rome out and, uh, you know, Jesus is coming as the lion the first time. That's what they were. They they couldn't get their eyes off that, right? And Jesus got through to them. No, I came as the lamb. And now he's resurrected. As a matter of fact, he's ascending into heaven in in, uh, uh, the book of Acts, right? The end of Luke. And uh, the, the angels say, hey, he's coming back the same way he left. Then he's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And now they got it. And now they've they've counted the cost. And now they love their lives not even unto death. Come on, can you say amen? They were able to walk out the purposes of God because they counted the cost. And then we're also called to walk circumspectly. Uh, Ephesians 5.15 says, see then that you walk circumspectly. So that means just kind of walk in light of what's going on around you, be aware. Uh, it, it goes on to say, uh, in doing that, not as fools, but as wise. So that's some strong Bible conversation that, that God's having with us, that if we don't live our lives circumspectly, aware in light of what's going on around us, in light of what God says, that, that we're, we're uh, hanging out with those that are fools. But that if we do walk in awareness, walk wisely, then, then we're, we're uh, bunching up with wise folks. Again, in, in a different translation, it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. All right, and then the last thought here on this whole thing, this whole first point here uh, is we're also called to train ourselves. So you need to train yourself. So we don't strive in, in following God. We don't live by striving. Uh, we we walk in the spirit, not after the flesh. And we have, we live a life by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. But in that context, right, we are called to train ourselves ourselves to live a certain way. There is an aspect of living on purpose if we're gonna be in alignment with who and what God has called us to be. First Timothy 4, seven, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales, rather train yourself to be godly. There it is laid out for us. You tracking with me so far, can you say Amen. amen. All right, purpose point to ponder number two, Every person was born for a wonderful purpose. There is not a single person who is an accident. There is not a single person where God said, you know what, I just don't care for them, I don't like them, no good purpose for them. That's just not the case. Every single person, there is wonderful purpose uh, that God has given. And and here we read in in Exodus, this is with Moses and the the Israelites going free from Egypt. Exodus 9-16 But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. When you read this in context there, uh, you know, it, it's, it's speaking directly of Moses, but how many know that that's a verse you can grab for yourself, right? What he, what he said for Moses there, God has raised you up for this very purpose, that he might show his power and that his name might be proclaimed in the earth through you. Can you say amen? amen. Jeremiah 15, 11, the Lord said, Surely I will deliver you for a good purpose. Surely I will make your enemies plead with you in times of disaster and in times of distress." Acts 13, 36, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Now, you know, we could ask 500 people, what is your definition of success? And we'd probably get 500 different answers. But I think what we just read right here in Acts 13 is the ultimate picture of success from God's perspective, serving God's purpose in our own generation before we pass on, before we fall asleep, right? No greater purpose for us. In Romans 8:28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So hey, I want to encourage you this morning, if you're here and you you feel like you have a clear picture of what God's got going in your life, then Let this morning be something that puts fuel on the fire to just keep running and keep charging. If there are parts of your life where you're saying, hey, I'm not really sure what God has in store here, uh, then then I believe God is going to use what we talk about this morning to bring some clarity to His purposes for you. And if you are here this morning and you're just saying, man, I feel lost, I don't know if I have any sense of purpose or what my purpose is or or I feel shipwrecked. Now what? I wanna encourage you. God's got you in His hands, and as you pursue Him, He will show you His purpose. And if you're coming out of a a, a train wreck, whether it's by your own design, and you're saying, I'm reaping what I'm sowing, and it's agony, you know what? We turn to Him, we repent, and He will redeem us up out of that, and He will glorify His name despite what the enemy meant for evil. Amen? Amen. 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 And then, if there's anybody here where where you'd say, well, the train wreck was nothing by my my design. It was just heartache of life. The Lord says the same thing, I will redeem what I have allowed. And He will redeem that and and it's then our place to say, Lord, so I'm going to pursue you because you do have good purpose for me. There's some might be saying, well, what about all those ugly whispers that I'm hearing in my ear? Oh, that's the devil. And he comes to steal and to kill, to rob, to destroy. But the voice of the Lord is, I will take whatever heartache, whatever's been pain, whatever has gone on, and it, it will be redeemed in my hands. And I'll bring you through the other side stronger than you were before. It's just how God works, amen? If It will allow his purpose to be the purpose that's at work. All right. Amen. Uh, Purpose point to ponder number three. We need to clarify what is important. You know, so rather than, you know, is life something that happens to us, or are we charting and navigating based on what God says and, and, and the season God has us in and so forth? We need to clarify what's important. 2 Timothy 3.10 uh, it says, you, however, know all about—so this is Paul talking to Timothy—you know all about my teaching, my way of life. Look what it says here. My purpose— Faith, patience, love, and endurance. By the way, these are all great qualities that are all kind of packed in around this word, how Paul is living with purpose. We look at the life of, of Jesus Christ himself. And he said, for this reason I have come. You know, Paul is saying, hey, I, I'm, I have a purpose. This one thing I do, it's, it's constantly intentional living based on what God is saying. Uh, Luke 7.30, but the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves. Wow, so we can reject God's purpose if we're not careful. 1 Corinthians 3.8, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Hey, church family, let's never get into the habit of, hey, I'm thinking about going to church on Sunday. Who's speaking? Amen? Amen. Hey, I'm thinking about going to church on Sunday. What's the topic these days? Right? But, but instead of looking at it that way, because here, here's the context. Paul was talking here. You know, some were saying like, oh, well, I'm of Apollos. Oh, well, I'm of Paul. You know, and he's sharing this whole picture. Everybody's working together in God's vineyard to accomplish God's purpose for that generation at that time. Right? So the whole picture for us is we look at God's purpose we don't want to be preoccupied with how and what God is doing in what way in somebody else other than to cheer them on and, and to support them. But, but instead, we want to say, Lord, what is it that you've called me to do? Who is it that you've called me to be, right? The, the, if there's anybody in here have a competitive nature? Anybody? It's okay to admit. I'm not, gonna, I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to sandbag you here or anything. You, you know, use the competitive nature instead of against others. Use that toward the self that you can be in Christ, that He's called you to be. I'm not going to stay satisfied with where I am. Smith Wigglesworth said it this way, I'm only satisfied with the satisfaction that needs to be satisfied again and again. That sounds like I press on, I press forward toward the goal to win the prize. Because how many know there's more, more in God. There's a next summit to climb. There's a next place to go to in Christ. If, if, if there's a pulse, there's a next place for us to climb to, amen? But we know the enemy sometimes will say, ah, oh, not you're finished. Oh no, your best days are behind you. Everybody say, the devil's a liar. Devil's a liar. That, that's all lies from the enemy. Anybody say, man, that is freeing. That's freeing to be reminded that, right? So... Um it's not the one who plants, it's not the one who waters, uh, we all have one purpose and then together God is the the orchestra conductor and together we uh, build his kingdom and we run our race. Let's look at that, uh, Hebrews 12:1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. How many know what, what he's saying there? Let's live on purpose. Let's live with purpose. Let's, let's throw off all this stuff and let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Lord, show me what's the race. There, there's individual components and then there's a race he's got for grace and peace. And it's exciting. We, we get to, you know, walk out what God has for us uniquely and then bring those unique things to together what God has ordained for the church of grace and peace. All right, purpose point to ponder number four. This is gonna sound silly, but you're gonna see what I'm trying to get across here. We don't live on purpose accidentally, right? I mean, that sounds like, again, Captain Obvious, these are really profound theological statements that I'm making here oh my goodness, it's so important for us to remember that what, what is, you know, Paul saying, we have to be purposeful to throw off the things that, that uh, the the weights, the things that would weigh us down, the sins that would entangle and trip us up. Have you ever watched a race where somebody's running and they get too close to the person next to them and their legs get tangled and, you know, they wipe out, it? you know, a lot of times they get injured in the process. I mean, we have to be purposeful to say, no, I'm, I'm Those sins are getting put off, those things that become weights. I'm clear on what's a weight and I'm shedding it off so that I can run the race that God has for me. So we don't live on purpose accidentally. Uh, In 2 Timothy 2, verse 20, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware and some of honorable and noble use, and some for menial and ignoble use. So here, whoever cleanses himself from what is ennoble and unclean, right? This is, is, it doesn't happen accidentally. Cleanse themselves from these things. Who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. So when it comes to being a noble and honorable vessel in God's kingdom, God says, come one, come all. Everybody has the opportunity to be that kind of a vessel. We just have to choose to put some things off and put some things on, and then we walk and we live as that honorable, noble vessel. Can you say amen? Galatians 5 7 you were running a good race who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth they were running a good race but they took a detour first uh, Corinthians 9 24 do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize run in such a way as to get the prize it's not going to happen accidentally can you say amen Galatians 2.2, I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. That's what we're looking at as we look at this next calendar year. Lord, we want to run this next year where nobody cuts in on us, where we don't get entangled or weighed down or tripped up. We don't want to run in vain or take any detours. But Lord, we want to run the race that you have for us. All right, those are some, some good, simple, but profound Purpose points for us to just think on. Now I want to move us into uh, some things that we can look at. So, okay, Lord, for me personally, how can I start uh, grabbing a hold of Here, here's your purpose for my life? All right, living with purpose in 2023. Well, number one, let's look at God's priorities, right? We want to start with His priorities. And this certainly isn't an exhaustive list, but you'll see just a, a handful of things What does the body of Christ across America look like if we prioritize just these things that are God's priorities? First one, love. Matthew 22, verse 36, Teacher... Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Church, do we grasp the magnitude of how important love is? To walk in His love, to let His love supernaturally transform our lives and then pour out of us both to him as we love him first, but then to the world around us. His love is what transforms. His love is what conquers the world. The Great Commission is a big priority for God. Matthew 28:19, "Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit." Uh, another priority f- for God for us is for us to know Him more. Philippians three. Verse 10, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Another priority is for us to bear fruit. John 15, 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. In Colossians 1.10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. It's interesting. Did you notice back there in John 15.8, uh, we show ourselves to be His disciples by the fruit we bear. How many know there's another verse in, in the New Testament that says, they will know you are my disciples by what? Our love, right? our love. So, so we started off how important it is. So we, we have two things here. How will the world know that we belong to Christ, the love we walk in, and the fruit that we bear for Him? So living on purpose, because this is not going to happen accidentally, we make the determination, Lord, your priorities are going to be my priorities. And then we listen to Him. That's why I said we customize this and we see, so what does this look like for my life to start walking this out? All right, let's look at another one. Uh, our relationships, living, living uh, on purpose, living with purpose uh, in 2023, we look at our relationships. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, so we we look at uh, living on purpose and we take a look at the only uh, thing, lack of a better word, uh, that goes to heaven with us are other people, other relationships, right? So living in light of how important our relationships if love is, is high up on God's list, loving Him and then loving, uh, you know, that's the vertical love. And then I, I wasn't like giving everybody the blessing there, you know, vertical love. And then the horizontal love of, of loving, loving our neighbor. But what does it look like living on purpose? So so what are our prior, priority human relationships? Well, it, our immediate family, right? It could be spouse, uh, children, you know, for kids, it's parents. Parents, siblings. And then what we do is we ask ourselves, So, Lord, what does living on purpose look like for that that relationship in my life? Notice we're not waiting for somebody to become something else. We're making the decision to say, Lord, in Christ, who do you want me to be? You know, for me, it's, Lord, who do you want me to be as a husband? Who do you want me to be as a father? Who do you want me to be as a pastor, as a friend? You know, as, as a son for my mom, right? The, j- just looking at the different relationships we have in our lives. Uh, Lord, who do you want me to be uh, in my church family? What do you want that to look like? And I tell you what, there's been times where I've asked the Lord, how many have dared to ask God that question? You know, because I've, I've asked God that question and, and the response has kind of been like, grab a pen. I'll give you plenty to think about, you know? And, and the Lord will work... Wouldn't you say at when it's all said and done, you know, the, the most authentic place to examine our faith, I'm gonna really meddle now, is to look at our most up-close relationships. Because that's the place where we really walk our Christianity out the most authentically. It's where we gotta most die to self, right? It's where we gotta most lay our lives down for each other. Right, so it just becomes a place where, uh, oh man, we could really see as I live on purpose the the work of God in our lives transforming us to look more like Him because we're doing it on purpose. All right, how about this next one? Number three, seasons. You know, looking at what does on purpose look like in light of the current season that I'm in. Let's look at Ecclesiastes, eight verses. There's a lot in this, but I'm hoping just by going through all eight verses, we realize there's so much to the concept of season and timing, right? It says this in verse 1, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Time to be born and a time to die. Time to plant, time to uproot. Time to kill and a time to heal. A Time to tear down and a time to build. Time to weep, a time to laugh. Time to mourn and a time to dance time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, time to be silent and a time to speak, time to love and a time to hate, time for war and a time for peace. So seasons, different timing. And again, we could do the right thing But if we get the timing wrong, it's not gonna be what God has designed for it to be. You know, we can look to the sons of Issachar. We read about them in 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 12 where David's uh, mighty men are all being listed out. And it says, the sons of Issachar. It says, of Issachar, there are men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. In another translation, it just says, uh, you know, they understood the times and they knew what to do. You know, when we look at God's purpose for our lives, we wanna understand the times and the seasons that we are in, in our lives, and ask God for the wisdom on knowing what to do in those times. Can you say amen? You know, there's natural seasons of life, there's circumstantial seasons, there's spiritual seasons in our lives. You know, I can think of, you know, when when my kids were tiny, right? Parenting looked one way. You know, when they were teenagers, parenting looked another, uh, had, a, had another uh, approach to it, right? Now that our, our youngest is 19, our oldest is 25, our parenting has taken a, a different shape, as those of you that have walked through that all know yourselves, right? There's different times and different seasons. Maybe there's somebody here this morning and the Lord is speaking to you saying, you're in a different season, but you're handling your life like you're still in a previous season. And you want to know, I, I, I'm just realizing, not only is it probable, but the Lord even spoke that this morning, right? Isn't that in one of the, one, one of the words that was spoken this morning about, you know, we're, it, it's not yesterday and we're not looking behind. We're moving on into the new that God has for now. And so, you, you know, it could be spiritually. You know, uh, I think of the, the years, I spent 20 years as a youth pastor. And uh, you you know, when it first started, I remember uh, distinctly feeling this, uh, this big brother type of a heart for the students. You know, just like, hey, I'm your big brother. Part of it's probably because I was kind of as close to their age, you you know, at that time in my early 20s, you know. Um, But then I can distinctly remember the time, and it was before uh, we had our own children, Annette and I. I can remember distinctly there being a change in my heart where I don't feel like a big brother anymore. I feel like a papa and I'm carrying a burden, I'm carrying a, a, a compassion, a, a love that's moved from this kind of older sibling trying to watch your back and speak into your life to this, this parental type of uh, uh, laying your life down that that comes along with that picture. You know, maybe there's, there's some that God is bringing you into a season uh, where he's going to make you uh, kind of like a older spiritual sibling in Christ for somebody. Maybe for others, he's gonna make you a spiritual mother or father in somebody's life. By the way, quick shameless plug for growth groups. That is a fantastic environment for you to uh, have that kind of role of just, you, you know, I, I'm not talking like weirdly, like I'm here to be your parents, you know, somebody you met for the first time, they'll go running out the door, right? You know, but I'm just talking about investing that kind of heart, that kind of caring for the person, you know, uh, what a great, great environment to uh, to walk that out uh, if you sense God working that way. You know, in the natural change of seasons, it's so important for us to understand you know, priorities before God, it's God, spouse, children, vocation, right? After that, you know? But that's, some people approach that like that's a pie chart. God gets 90 percent, the remaining 10 percent, my family gets eight out of the 10 percent, you know and then everything else behind that just just squabbles over this two percent it's not a pie chart it's not a volume thing it's a, it's a it's a priority perspective that we carry as we do life I remember talking when my kids were younger I remember you know just having this conversation about you know how important they are and how much you know mom and dad just got their back and we love them and you know my kids might have missed a, a career in law because they turn around and be, uh, they, how many have had your kids turn around and act like little lawyers to you, trying to plead their case for, you said, you know, kind of a thing. So, so we had one Wednesday night and it was clear I was going to be there late. A lot of students wanting to talk and pray about stuff and everything. And <laughs> my little daughter walks up and she goes, Come on, come home. Let's play video games, you know. And I said, that, That's awesome, but I, I can't, I'm working tonight. And she turned around and she said, But you said I'm your priority. I was like, you should go into law. You'll, you'll be very, very good at that, you know. But it was an opportunity to explain this picture of if there was an emergency, everything else stops and that I go attend to family. But just like while you're in school, you have, school is your priority. While dad's at work work is priority, right? It, it, trying to get this understanding in different seasons, the ebb and flow of responsibility looks different. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this for all of us. Can you say amen? Right? Sometimes our priorities look certain ways in certain times, you know, and it's important for us to, to go back to this picture. God has purpose, wonderful purpose, for every one of us in every season of our lives. There could be certain seasons where we just find our identity and we, 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 we feel like, ah, oh, this, this is feeling so wonderful, I, I, I have my purpose, I have my voice, and if we're not careful, we take that role in that season and that turns into our identity. And then when God moves us into a different season, we're really, really struggling. Come on, can you say amen? It's a a statistical truth that one of the most vulnerable times uh, in men's lives is that time of retirement. Because there has been, you know, a a lifetime of working in a vocation and having a sense of fulfillment and having a sense of purpose. And then there being such a a changing of gears where the the question of now what can seem so, so gigantic, you know, that that it can be uh, something that brings shipwreck. So what we want to remember is in every season of life, God has purpose for us. Hey, I want to show you this book right here. It's called By the Grace of God. And it's written by uh, one, of our, uh, one of our members, one of our founders here, John Amabile. John was in first service. Brother John put this book out this year. He's 88 years old. Isn't that incredible? And, and I tell you what, uh, it, this book is his testimony— of all that God has done in his life. And so along with this, he's reached out and he's uh, spoken to our men's ministry. I think he's gonna be back speaking to them again here real soon. Uh, he's reached out to other pastors in the community. I'll come, I'll talk to your men's ministry. And I tell you what, that, uh, I'm 52 and before my 50s, I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about what's on the other side of 50. But when I got to 50, I started thinking a lot about what's on the other side of 50. And I'm looking around and when I see, and I'll tell you what, church family, all over this church family are people who, well, we had a great model and we had uh, somebody who through the years has been saying, don't retire, refire, amen? How many heard Pastor Walt say that over the years, right? right? Retire from one vocation, but God's brought you into another season because there's always purpose in whatever season that we're in. Can you say amen? So, so I encourage you, if, if, if you're in a stuck place or if you're in a spot where you're saying, how does God want to use me now? Can God use me now? The answer is, yes, He can and He will. All right, amen. Let's uh, move in. The last one we'll look at here uh, as as we try to look at this. And and, uh, worship team, if you'll come up, uh, we're going to be in communion in just a couple of minutes. Now, this gets very specific. So what is God saying to you? So you look at purpose, you know, living on purpose in this next year. What kind of things is God saying to you? What's he burdening your heart with? You know, are there things in the word that are just really shouting to you? Certain things He's given you a passion for are these purposes that He wants you to pursue. If you say, well, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's God. You know, just taking that journey of learning to listen for His voice and hear His voice, He'll make His voice clear. He'll make it absolutely clear what He's saying. Can you say amen? Amen. Living with purpose like I said, is an overarching theme uh, that that we're gonna revisit over this next year. And again, I think part of the reason, uh, I think there's a vulnerability to us this next year, and I, I just wanna share a few thoughts on this just to kinda bolster our sobriety. You know, I mentioned last year going into the holidays, there was a lot of people kind of reclusing back because of illness and things that were going on, this year, I noticed it was like people were making up for lost time. Wave at me if you found the same thing like on the roads, right, I mean, just frantic almost, like people were before the holidays, you you know? And I would say to my wife, why are people so angry during the season of goodwill toward men, right, you know? It was really funny. We were stopped at the Wawa Outreach Center on Christmas morning because we were heading up to Pennsylvania for my wife's side of the family, and we're walking in, and a guy walked out and just opened the door. You know, I said, "Oh, thank you, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas." We got to the, then the inside door. Somebody's standing there, open that too. I was like. Too bad this is going to change tomorrow because this is so nice, you know. I think Pastor James mentioned it on our holiday special. He talked about that very same thing. I'm like, here we are living that out, you know. Uh, Things, there's the franticness in our world, in this world system is not going to go away, church. Can you say amen? And we also have to be aware too, there is more available to distract us than ever before. Right, we, there are now, it used to be there was a television in the living room, one television with like, what, four channels? You know, now there's multiple streaming services where people can disappear from reality, like, indefinitely. You know, and then there's social media, and then you know, on and on it goes. And there's so many. I mean, we have gadgetized so many things. But how many realize, with every gadget we pick up, there's maintenance that comes along with that. There's more to distract us. Not to mention one of the enemy's greatest strategies, he will try to attack uh, and, and, and distract with, with buffetings and with trials and, and all these different things to get our eyes off of the Lord, to get our eyes off of his purpose for us. I know for me personally, one thing I've determined for, for this month of January, uh, I'm, I'm doing a, a media fast actually I was having a conversation about it last night. So there's one show, one show I'm watching in January, but no social media, no media, uh, nothing else. I just, I want the clutter out of the way. By the way, let me mention that too. Stuff can be a distraction. I leaned into that with the gadgets, but let's just, just realize that too. You know, if we got stuff that we got to maintain and, and the stuff becomes clutter, we wind up becoming so distracted from the things that God wants to say to us. Come on, can you say Amen. amen. So, so could it be that God is speaking some things this morning for, for 2023? Actually, Wednesday night, the, I'm going to be sharing the message on Wednesday, and it's going to be dealing with distractions. Uh, so, so, when we talk about living on purpose, kind of bringing this all full circle here, you know, of course, this is a thought that we carry any year. But coming out of, you, you know, so many options being limited for people. For a lot of people over these last couple of years, let's go back to what's going to come back on the plate. Is it going to be the God things? Are we living on purpose with the things that are for His season for us, His priorities, you know, the uh, investing in our relationships and and, and, and walking all this out and walking in light of what God is saying to us? Or is life going to just keep bombarding and happening to us? Church, can I just say for some, it's, it's gonna be to, to live on purpose for the Lord, you're going to war because the clutter and the distraction has become so chronic. It's, it's a war you'll win and it's a war worth fighting to get all that stuff out, amen? There, there's gonna be an intensity to saying, I'm gonna keep on, I'm gonna run the race marked out for me with endurance. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, the purpose of a person's heart The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. May it be that over these next couple of weeks, with the Lord's guidance, we draw out all of those purposes that God has for us in 2023. Amen. Amen. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according, uh, in order to fulfill His good purpose. Would you stand with me as we prepare Uh, Don't open your communion yet. There's a couple of next steps that I wanna encourage you to take a look at. You know, on those purpose points, are any of those already happening in your life, those purpose points to ponder, are there any that need to get in your life? Make it a point to say, hey, I'm gonna, if I live in light of these truths about purpose, then I'm gonna stay on track. And then these four things that we just went through on how we can find God's purpose for us. You know, which ones are, is, is God putting his finger on in our lives? And then Philippians three fourteen is the verse to memorize. A little, little reminder, after every uh, Sunday message, there will be a verse to memorize that we're encouraged to memorize. And you realize this time next year, we'll have 52 new like key portions of Scripture that we're hiding in our heart, that we don't have to look up in the Word of God because we've got them stored away in our heart. So that, this is a great verse to memorize. And then also uh, here at the altar, uh, we've got bookmarks here that just have this uh, living on purpose, and it's got our, our verse that we're memorizing. Uh, from Philippians 3.14. So I want to encourage you uh, before, you know, before you, you leave today to, to grab a bookmark. You can grab a couple, you know, and put them places where you'll see them and just be reminded, uh, I, I want to live on purpose for the Lord. Has, has the Lord stirred up any fire in anybody here this morning? Fire for what He wants to do in this next year? All right, here's what I want to invite. In, in just a minute, uh, we're, we're going to gather at this altar and then uh, the worship team is going to lead us in song. Um, If you're here and you're saying, hey, for this season, I'm pretty clear on purpose. I got it figured out, but you want to just give this year to the Lord, then I'm going to invite you to come forward to this altar and uh, just know that we're standing behind you saying that's great that you got it all on track. We're cheering you on. Run after that race. Maybe there's others that are here, and maybe you're watching online, uh, and, and, you're, and you're saying, well, I've got some of it, but I'm realizing I'm still stuck in last season, or I got some areas that, that I wanna be on purpose on that I'm not, and I gotta get those areas on track. I wanna invite you then to come forward as well, and we'll pray together at this altar and, and give this year to the Lord. And, and again, I wanna say for anybody who is saying, Man, I don't have a real huge sense of hope coming into this year. Uh, there's There's been some pain, some difficult things. Maybe there's confusion. Maybe you're you're feeling a bit lost. Again, just a reminder with Jesus as the captain of your life, seated on the throne of your heart. He's got good purpose for you, and he'll help you find your way in him. And if that's you, I want to invite you to come to the altar as well. So we're together. We're going to gather. I know this is individual, but we're going to gather as a family. Uh, Let's give this year to the Lord. So if you're in any of those three places, if you uh, are not able to come forward, you're welcome to stay in your seat and make your your seat just an altar area. We're just going to gather together. Again, if you're watching online, you can just say, Lord, I'm with them up front, and He knows and He sees, and, and you're right here with us. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So once you get forward, you could get your communion ready and we'll, uh, we'll take this together and then worship team will lead us. I, I just want you to know I knew on purpose we we're going to go a little longer today, but I figured, you know what, we're investing in the rest of this whole year. Not bad to just make sure we do it thoroughly. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Still, still have some folks making their way. Amen. How cool was it look like for kids living on purpose with and for the Lord? Families, husbands, and wives. It's all around this church family saying, Lord, whatever you've got, uh, I'm with you. So as we get ready to take communion, you know, again, communion, living on purpose, it's all over the word of God. Communion is an on-purpose thing, isn't it? As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of what I did. Uh, That is to live it out as a lifestyle, right? Amen. So, Jesus, Lord, we praise you. Lord, we're gathered together here in a place of surrender with our hearts bowed before you, declaring afresh and anew that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of our lives. Jesus, we thank you that with this blood that was shed for us, that all sin was broken off of our lives, all bondage broken, and your body broken for us so that we could be completely whole. Everything we need, as it says in the scriptures, for life, for godliness, everything we need to live and walk out the wonderful purpose that God has called us to, is ours, Jesus, because of what you did on the cross. And so we do examine ourselves now. And and it's our heart's commitment, our, our heart decision to live on purpose for you in this next year. Thank you for meeting us each where we are in our own place. Lord, for those who are just dialed in and it's just... Run that race, run that race, run that race. For those that have some areas that that will be brought into purpose, thank you for being with us and bringing those places into purpose. Lord, for those who have felt lost coming into this room, we shed that off. We take off the spirit of heaviness, and we put on the garment of praise. You are faithful and you'll show us the way. We have hope in you, we have hope in you. God, I thank you, we have hope in you. So Lord, all of us here together in whatever place that we're in, we say that we're yours. And we now say every facet of 2023, we give into your hands as we take this communion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just linger for a couple more minutes, church, as worship team leads us out. And then at whatever point you feel ready to head out, just know that we are cheering you on. Don't forget to grab a couple of these just as reminders. And uh, we'd love to hear testimony of what God is speaking to you. Believe God with you. We'd be so happy to do that. You let your pastors know we're cheering you on. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah.
1: Stroud and storm, what heights of love, what depths of peace when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter. Commands my day. calls me home here in the power of Christ I'll stand here in the power of Christ
0: So that's our heart, that's our cry, Lord, as we've taken communion, as we've sung, as we've declared. Lord, we even now just remember back to what you spoke to us, just on the front end of this service. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. We grab a hold of all that it is that you have for us in this new year. Have your way, God, walking by faith, not by sight. We give you praise. So Lord, as we would leave this altar today, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you work in our hearts? Would you speak to us? Would you continue to give insight and revelation and understanding? And Lord, let it be. Again, you're the God who does exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. By your power in us, let this be the most fruitful year that we've lived To this point, God, let it be the best yet in you. And you get all the praise for all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church family.